Welcome to the Movie Hit List Podcast, where each week we review a movie and decide whether or not we would put it on each of our hit lists. So essentially, whether or not we would kill it off because it's not worth your time. So this week we're reviewing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which came out last year. It's currently on Netflix. It's PG-13 and was directed by James Gunn, who I feel like became really famous after he did the first one. And then he did this one, and then he got kicked off the third one because of old tweets or something. But they announced fairly recently that he's going to be working on Suicide Squad 2, which I think he also wrote. So, like, now at least that has potential. Uh, But back to this movie. Okay, so to start out with, the soundtrack is so good. You can't go wrong with, like that kind of soundtrack like old 80s music and whatnot it's like all the classics and it's just the whole movie is a vibe oh i agree yeah um but so to start off the opening sequence i don't remember what song it is but the whole opening sequence is like one song which is a cool concept but it's really long like one of my friends that watched it with me when I rewatched it to do this review, she had previously tried to watch the movie and not made it past five minutes in because she couldn't get past how long the opening sequence was. And like that's like the most important is like the first, you know, so many minutes because if not, nobody's gonna watch the you rest. Grab the audience's attention. Yeah. So you at least have to make it through the first five minutes. Um so then past that action scene, you're introduced to this, I guess, kind of a villain. They're not the main villain, but the city of people who just look like they're painted gold. I don't remember what they're called. The Cree? Yeah. Something like that? Something like that. Anyways, they're like super stuck up and kind of creepy looking. Um, but Rocket seals one of their batteries and they get pissed off. So they chase after the Guardians in their army of ships, which are remote controlled. So, like, that whole part really reminded me of Ender's Game. Right. It's, like, a video game almost. So, like, when their ships get blown up, they don't lose any people. Just the ship blows up. And their, like, screen goes red. So, that was kind of cool. They're Um, smart of them. And then, during that scene, they introduce the one-inch man. So, Rocket, like, out the window sees this guy standing on top of a ship. And they're like, oh, look. The one inch man, and they're like, How is there a one inch man? He's like, I don't know, maybe he's at a distance. I think that just started it for me. I was like, Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah. After it, like, that, it just declines. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So then they crash their ship, and well, okay, wait, hold on, let me take a step back. Up until this point, one of the things that I noticed compared to the first one is Rocket is much more of an asshole, but, like, not in a justifiable way. He's just a jerk. Yeah, he's just, like, terrible to all the other Guardians, and you, like, don't really like him. He's not even super funny. He's just, like... Mean. Yeah. So, that's annoying. And then... Through, like, Rocket being annoying, him and Quill keep fighting over who's flying the ship, and they crash onto a planet. And then it just gets really slow. But um, also at the same time, it flashes to a different planet where we see Yondu again and are kind of brought up to he's been exiled from the 
group he's a part of because of picking up children and delivering them. That's like against their code. So he's exiled at this space brothel, which is like a pretty elaborate set and it's used for like two minutes. Yeah, it's very unnecessary and there's just really no point to it. There's no context behind why he's there, really. There's... Ah, just it didn't need to be there. Like I understand why they need to show like where he's at now. He, they just could have like done it on his ship or somewhere else. I would think budget wise that's kind of a waste, but that's just me. Um, but so then back to where they crash. So they crash on this planet, and then another ship lands. The ship where they saw this supposedly one inch man. He's not actually one inch, and he turns out to be Peter Quill's father who is played by Kurt Russell, and his name is Ego. So one, if you watch... describes his personality. Yeah, so, yeah, it's pretty explicit. Uh, if you watch the first one, which I'm assuming you have, they focus, I feel like, a lot on the fact that Peter doesn't know who his father is, but that his father is someone important. And so, like, considering that was built up in, like, the entire last movie, for his dad to just kind of, like literally appear is super weird it's so easy it's just i mean his peter's kind of quest to find his father doesn't end up happening it just it's brought to him almost yeah in a white spaceship i don't <laughs> yeah i mean i don't feel like he necessarily had to have a quest it's just like too 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 easy like for all people involved that he just like appears like he's suddenly like oh yeah i knew where you were this whole time or whatever so then they go back with ego to his planet because ego is a god quote lowercase g so i don't know if a celestial a celestial is how he describes himself yes so well, no he does say something about being god lowercase g i guess because yeah. like, there's it, it's basically the same thing though yeah yeah, yeah. And so he takes them to his planet and then he gives a tour where he like essentially has a museum of like his personal history and love story, which like I understand there had to be some kind of vessel to explain his backstory, but it's really weird. Like what do you give tours of your life right, when people like... come to your planet? Like th- there's no other inhabitants on this planet. So it's just weird. Yeah, there's no real purpose to having an entire room dedicated to your life. Wow, sounds like somebody's egotistical. <laughs> Whoa. Shocker. Yeah. Um, but they do introduce another new character, Mantis, who's kind of looks like the cross between a human and a mantis. Basically, the I idea. Guess. Um, but she's like ego's assistant kind of thing and she's like not really great at social cues and then you have drax who's like think he's really good at social cues but he's wrong and so all of their dialogue is so funny yeah that's That's like one of the better parts of the movie also baby groot let's just talk about that for a second he is so cute right they like we weren't sure how they were gonna come back after making normal groot disintegrate and then they turned him into a twig and then a little potted plant and now he's like a little baby that runs around who's like pretty dumb but really cute and he's still like he still has the ability to like help out so he's not an unnecessary character 
Like, you would think somebody who's, like, small and, like, weak, I guess, in a way, wouldn't be very useful. But, I mean, they still incorporate him and in, in his, like, abilities to make tree long arms or whatever is like you know it still makes sense and it still works yeah he doesn't feel like an unnecessary character or just you know cute right so while all the rest of the characters are on ego's planet Groot and rocket stay behind in the ship and nebula and nebula and then they get captured by yondu and then yondu is mutinied again so they're all kind of like stuck together in jail but it provides a great opportunity to show off yondu's arrow which was introduced in the first movie and you only saw it for like 30 seconds but it was super cool and they like ran with it in this one and they have like they actually give it like a good amount of screen time and it's so cool and it's such a good scene and like what a weapon like can you imagine like that's it, the, the coolest thing is that it's only able to be used by that one person who's like in control of it it's not something that can be like used by somebody else right you, you know what i'm saying like it's and it's like cool zero effort like he could be sitting and just whistle and like murder everyone yeah that's awesome and i think that's where it starts to show rocket and yondu's relationship a little bit because from there, they kind of develop an interesting bond, I would say. They have a lot of parallels between their personalities and backstory. And it, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely, I don't want to say surprising, but at the same time, like, I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. But it fits really well. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and then basically the rest of the movie, to not give anything away, is about... Peter's dad, Ego, and it's, there's parts of it that are shocking, but not surprising. It's pretty predictable, I felt at least. Yeah, Um, to an extent. Yeah, there's a couple things that that are like, I did not see them coming, but overall it's, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then make sure, if you make it all the way through the movie, to stick around for the end credits, because there's like... Four or five end credit scenes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we were watching them yesterday. And the last one is Stan Lee on a planet. And he's like in a spacesuit, And the aliens are walking away. And he's like, oh no, don't leave. I still got so many good stories to tell. And we were like, oh no, it's too soon. Oh no. Rip Stan Lee. Right. But it was super good. Oh, absolutely. I think that was definitely a good... I mean, overall... Stephanie, would you hit this movie? Yes or no? I I wouldn't hit it. It's nowhere near as good as the first one, but I wouldn't hit it. Like, it's still, like, a fun Marvel movie, but if I had to, like, pick any Marvel movies, this would not be my first choice. Right. I feel like Marvel movies, for me, I never go in expecting them to be, like, great or like super cinematically well done i just kind of go in for like a good time like and then i you know i get that good time at the end of it i'm satisfied with you know watching the movie Um, but i agree definitely not better than the first one and the pacing could have been better yeah Yeah, but i think like generally for me marvel movies are like they're pretty cinematic but my biggest problem with this one is just that a lot of it is like 
really slow. Almost backstory, but not entirely. But it's just a lot of, because you're introducing new characters, you have to kind of dive into, like, their life and, like, who they are. And I think that that got a little slow this time. But they only introduced, like, two new characters. And it took forever. Yeah. Yeah. So, those are my thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't hit it either. But it's not the best Marvel movie ever made. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, if they're making a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, you should probably watch 2 before you watch 3. Yes. Plus, it's on Netflix, so basically free. Basically. I hope you enjoyed our review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And come back next week or sometime in the future when we release our next episode.